Hi guys, this is Bill Meeks from Greetings from Storybrooke or Legends of Gotham, depending on what podcast you downloaded. I know we have a treat for you today. We started a new podcast this week called Universe Box, and we decided to go ahead and share out the first episode to both of our fan cast audiences, just to see if you might want to come over and check it out. There are a lot of familiar elements. We review shows, for example, in a segment called Wonder Box, which, oh, by the way, uh, we were wondering, um, once you listen to this, if you want to, uh, we were trying to figure out what, whether to make Wonder Box a regular segment. We're kind of thinking yeah but we wanted to get you guys' idea you can go to strawpole.me slash three four seven seven eight eight five and uh, you can vote uh yes no maybe whatever's and uh we'll, we'll go from there but i think wonder box would make a pretty good like third segment because we have an idea box segment and a mailbox segment too so to have the regular segments and then have other segments to go in there but i hope you enjoy the show we put a lot of hard work especially into the first episode home one thing, though, before I take you over and you open up, we open up the universe box for you is the podcast awards are coming up. And a couple of our fans, uh, Amory, uh, Dave Lar, and Hope Molinax, were kind of uh, pushing for us to maybe get at least a nomination this year. So basically what you need to do is you need, and there are a couple very specific things here. So just uh, pay attention for a second. Go to podcastawards.com. And then uh, Hope says uh, that the way the rules are set up, you can nominate both uh, Legends of Gotham and greetings from Storybrooke if you're a listener of both. If you don't listen to them both or you don't like them both, uh, just nominate uh, whichever one you'd like. Once they su- you submit your nomination, you can't go back and submit a new one or change your mind or anything like that. So it, you have to make sure to get both of them in uh, at the same time uh, when you're voting at the same time or else they won't count. Now, there's a lot of stiff competition in the, these big podcast awards and everything. I think they're being hosted by Dennis Miller this year, actually. So there's a couple of categories that uh, we would like for you guys to nominate us in to kind of focus the energy. I, now, there's uh, Best Produced, which I think we do a pretty good production, it is good or People's Choice. So I think uh, Best Produced or People's Choice. If you, want, if you would rather put it in entertainment, that's fine. But I think focusing our energy on People's Choice or Best Produced would be uh, the best way to go. And those are also going to be the ones with the least competition. Yeah, and I would nominate uh, Greetings from Storybrooke for People's Choice and Legends of Gotham for Best Produced. Because, I mean, hey, we had cast members on this year, right? So, yeah, it's the Best Produced. But we would really appreciate it if you guys could get over there. And if not, no big deal. We're not that big on awards. But it would be cool to, cool to at least be nominated, right? I would have bragging rights, right? But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and uh, pass you over to Bill and Hammarie from a couple days ago and enjoy the first episode of Universe Box. You can uh, This should be up in iTunes. The Universe Box should be up in iTunes for subscription uh, probably Monday or Tuesday. We submit it on Friday. And uh, then you can just go to universebox.com to get the RSS feed episodes. And it's a little sparse right now. I'm going to be uh, fixing it up here over the next couple of weeks. But enjoy. I really hope you love it. We put a lot of love into it. And we think our audiences from the fan cast are going to geek out over it. Do not adjust, adjust your computer screen. If your mind were changing, stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe Box. Home. I never really had a home growing up. We moved around a lot as a kid, so like I never really stayed in one place longer than two years. Got to the point I wouldn't even bother to put pictures or any kind of personalization in my room because I knew I would have to take it down in a year, so I didn't even bother. I don't think place has anything to do with home. The only place that felt like home was that 
was a park that I went to with my mother in Southern California. And we would sit by the pool and she would hold me. That felt like home. But I, I later found in my later years that home really has nothing to do with place, but rather the people around you and how they make you feel. Like when my mother would hold me and, you know, she would look down on me and smile. That felt like home. Or when my first girlfriend would hold me and I could, I can still remember how she would squeeze me and try to make me laugh when I'm feeling down. That felt like home. Or even now, like when I see my best friend, the few times I get to see my best friend because she's so busy and how she, I, I can, I can tell somebody how she hold, holds me in her arms when she hugs me and she smiles at me and makes me feel like I'm the most important person in the world. That feels like home. So I guess home really has nothing to do with place. It really has to do about how your friends or the people you love make you feel when, when they're around you. That's home to me. From the heavens to your ears, this is Universe Box, and home is where our story begins. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeSimone. And welcome to our first episode. Yay! Episode one! We, we finally got it all together. We and finally I... got it. We've only been talking about this for two, three months? Yeah, something like that. We yeah. finally packed the box. <laughs> box. Yeah, so, it's over here. You know what? I say, Anne-Marie, I say we just dig in here on... Uh, in, if you didn't know, Universe Box's story is set to a theme. Uh, the theme is... Anne-Marie, why don't you it's show us? It's in the us? box. It's in the box. Uh, well, first off, show off Perfect. the universe box. Here's the universe box. I don't know. I'm not there. There we are go. multiple, multiple universes in there. There are multiple At this universes. very moment. Let's find out what's okay. in the box. What's our theme today? What is our theme? Universe box theme. Do I have to get <laughs> Early days here, folks. Early days. Early, early days. Okay, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. Home. Home is our Home theme today. Is in if, the box. If, if you if you weren't already aware of that from the fun uh, cartoon we had uh, featuring Wu S Kim's uh, story about home, which we loved, and thank you Wu so much thank for sending you, that Wu, in. As I try and put it but uh, this week we're talking about home. Uh, we'll talk. We'll open the wonder box to find out if Galaxy High and Rainbow Bright still <laughs> give us warm fuzzies. Uh, next, we'll take a trip home in memory box, and finally, we'll be cracking open the idea box to discuss homespun topics from our listeners. It, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be pretty home. It is going to be very homey. Yeah, yeah. Homebound, the uh, homeward, homeward bound, bound, the, the incredible, incredible journey. journey. Yes. <laughs> exactly what Which kind thinking. of could have belonged in the Wonder mm-hmm. Box. Yeah, actually, why don't we go ahead and pop open the Wonder Box? You want to pop open? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we pull out the Wonder Box here? This is a lot of boxes. This is mm-hmm. very early days. I don't really know what I'm doing with all these boxes. Yeah, and that, now if uh, you didn't catch our planning session for, for the podcast, basically uh, every segment is a box uh, within here, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're going to find – maybe we should put some handles on them or something. But how are they going to go down? Mm-hmm. Like, but, they're not going to – I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll right, figure right. it out. But this is the Wonder Box, and uh, the now Wonder it's – Wonder Box. You're not showing it. Oh, sorry. Show here. Me. Let me get the uh, close-up here. There we go. The Wonder Box. There's uh, my the... artistic <laughs> abilities. I uh, wonder. Tragic Tragedy and drama. Tragedy and drama. <laughs> tragedy uh, and drama. We got it. So uh, the Wonder Box, it's, it's time to find out if we'll rediscover the wonder we felt from our favorite movies and TV shows in the Wonder the Box. The Wonder Box. Uh, now grab a mixing bowl of cereal because we're talking Saturday morning cartoons, which... Hey. 
You can't get more home than, you know, sitting on the couch in your pajamas with a bowl of cereal watching uh, the NBC, ABC, or CBS Saturday morning lineup. Getting ready for bowling. And also, I'm I'm very much aware that this is completely dating us and Saturday morning cartoons really don't exist anymore. I know. They're all the time cartoons now. (laughs) But uh, we both, we we each picked a cartoon that we remembered as one of the first cartoons we were into when we were growing up and everything. So, Amory, you had the first pick. Uh, You picked uh, Rainbow Bright. Yes! Rainbow mm-hmm. Bright, uh, my absolute favorite. Why? Lots of mm-hmm. colors, lots of tinkly, happy sounds. <laughs> and there was this window mm-hmm. in my living room that had a couple of like handles uh-huh. that I thought was her. I pretended would be the star machine. Nice. My mama hated it because I'd pull up a chair and I'd stand at this not very great window. <laughs> Apparently, it had fallen out at some point. I didn't know. And I was pretending mm-hmm. I was filling up my bag with all the different mm-hmm. colored stars. If well, you it didn't have the rainbow, rainbow ma- magic in it, so it couldn't it hold did together. In here, <laughs> in here, up in, in here. here. But uh, excellent. So uh, we did what we did is we watched the first episode of Rainbow Bright called "The Beginning of Rainbow Land Part One," which it, 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 it definitely it. was a part one. Definitely, uh, <laughs> was, but uh, you can find that on YouTube or once we get the website up at the in the show notes at universebox.com. Coming soon. Uh, but we we always start off our our sort of uh, critiques of uh, fiction Anything. and stories with a rhyming uh, plot summary. So Emery, why don't you take it away with the one for Rainbow Bright, "The Beginning of Rainbow Land." Rainbow Bright finds a colorless world. She needs the light spear, but finds a small girl. Her friends Twink and Starlight are both vain and dumb, but no dumber than the minions of the evil one. The color belt found Wisp declares her plans in the, in her premiere, the beginning of Rainbow Land. The beginning of Rainbow Land. Land. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just uh, overall, before we start into the main discussion, what did you think of uh, the, the beginning of Rainbow Land? It was not the Rainbow Bright I remembered. It wasn't very bright. Overall. No, it was black and gray and dark and rainy mm-hmm. and not rainbowy and fun and colorful. Drabo dark, yeah. I say. Yeah, Drabo dark. So yeah, I don't know, but I I kind of liked it though. And I mean, obviously, it's it. sort of like, like an yeah. origin story for it too. So. Yeah, and I can't believe that three year old me mm-hmm. or whatever like <laughs> sat there and watched this. Well, you pr- you probably uh, got hooked into it from the toys, not necessarily this episode. Don't or judge me. Toys, ads, all that sort of stuff. Okay, well, uh, we. We did watch it, and it, it was – I enjoyed it overall. I thought mm-hmm. it was pretty good, but there was one thing that was just, like, driving me crazy uh-huh. the entire freaking episode. And it's the freaking Starlight, that horse. He – what a cocky horse. I mean, he, he calls himself the Magnificent Starlight. That's because like, he was magnificent. He's like, I'm the Magnificent Starlight. And and he's always just talking about how great he is and everything. And I, I just uh, – I, I don't know where the series goes with the Starlight horse – talking Starlight horse character. He's very pivotal. But I don't trust him. Like – like if we were if this was like an episode of Once Upon a Time for Gotham or something we were watching it for the first time I would be like Starlight Horse is the big bad of the series at this Starlight point. Horse is not the big like, bad of the series like he's he's the evil one that everyone keeps talking about or something but yeah he just has such an ego on him like <laughs> am I alone in this or did you, you um yeah no because I know where he goes mm-hmm. so he he becomes her horse well I mean it's a 20 30 year old series now it's kind of it's a about, it's there's there's 30, there's yeah. no spoilers where does he go but just becomes He's her, her horse, horse. And that's, good how, companion she, that's and, how she goes around the two mm-hmm. of them are her companions uh, uh starlight and twink as twink. it were yes okay well I guess I guess I'm alone and you're a little alone in your starlight. principles yeah <laughs> 
I was just like creeped out by the darkness though. Mm-hmm. Like, because again, it's been about 25, 30 years since <laughs> I watched it. Yeah. Um, it was so dark, but like all the monsters were really on par with shows that the kids watch now, mm-hmm. or at least the little ones watch now. Yeah. So, well, actually, I mean, like, that's something that kind know? of struck me as weird about it is because like, a lot of people I know, they, they like that cartoon Adventure Time, for example. And, and they they really enjoy it, but they also say it's kind of dark and stuff. And this it is. is way darker than Adventure Time. No, it just looked darker than Adventure mm-hmm. Time. Yeah, you think? Yes. Or, well, I mean, probably Adventure once they time. get to the main episodes, too, it gets a bit brighter. Uh, yeah, a, bit, a little bit. Because, I mean, it's the beginning of Rainbow Land, so I'm assuming this will become Rainbow Land by yes. the time it's all Well, that's all why she needed done. the belt. This land she found. Yeah, that's because mm-hmm. they stole all the color. And the color belt. All the belt. color crystals. Yes. And stars. And yes. Things. The light sphere. But yeah, I get the light sphere. That's where that's where all the color is. The color comes out. I'm defending the heck out of this. Um, hey, but, next, next time I go on a rant about Jimmy Olsen, I'm going to bring this up to you. Just- <laughs> but I don't go on a rant about Rainbow Bright all the time. Um, but I, it bothered me a little that we didn't get the happy until literally the last 30 seconds of the episode. Mm-hmm. It kind of bothered me. A bit. I was like, sad, sad, sad. I'm going to like do this because it's all just cranky and sad. And oh, look, we found a baby. And oh, oh look. Episode's over. Baby Moses or whoever it was. It's not Baby Moses. Don't do that. I I did kind of dig the uh, sort of dark drab aesthetic, though. It felt like very, uh, well, I guess these days it's called dystopian. Mm -hmm. You you know, when they come in there and I I liked all the monsters and stuff. Like, they were very vicious. Yes. The monsters were, like, bloodthirsty. Yeah, they really were. That's because they had to defend mm -hmm. the darkness. Yeah, very true. But, I I mean, well, there were a lot of enemies. There were a lot of threats to Rainbow and Twink Mm -hmm. and Star. Starlight and Flim Flam and Jim Jim Jam as well, especially Jim Jam. Oh, Flim Flam! Uh, But the thing, the problem was, is that they kept like escalating the threat. Like every scene was like Mm -hmm. a different, a new but just as serious threat, and it kind of got old really quick. It was just one crisis to another, no real character moments. Every conversation was about the quest for the belt and the spear, and which obviously pretty important to them because they're constantly being attacked by lava and giant monsters and all this kind of stuff but at the same time like it would have been nice to have a character moment that wasn't starlight going on about how awesome starlight is well, which I, I, a, I feel like we haven't gotten gonna... the other characters yet we mm-hmm. haven't gotten like all those little fuzzy guys yeah they would probably tell us how awesome starlight is mm-hmm. and all of the other um spri- sprites well, twink didn't seem to know starlight though did you not see how many fuzzy little guys there are? There, are, but I, like I got the impression that Starlight came from elsewhere and got captured by the evil one. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, but mm-hmm. um, Bobby Hawk wanted to mention that he's like, I'm sure surprised they haven't tried to revamp uh, Rainbow Bright. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, because um, I know I've seen her get a um, a makeover. Unfortunately, sort of like My Little Pony. Yeah, I'm looking up which Rainbow. I avoided. I didn't choose My Little Pony on purpose because yeah, here if uh yeah actually let me go yeah, back can you to show that screen oh wait oh that's me hi there we go yeah right here this is this this is her Rainbow Bright will ruin another part of your childhood <laughs> <laughs> they're rebooting her yeah it's it's pretty cutesy pretty it's, cutesy it's way overall. too cutesy I mean it's a whole it's just a different style. Mm-hmm. But the problem is they're going to do the same thing that they did with, you know, My Little Pony. And mm-hmm. 
Equestria girls. And try and make her a tween instead of a magical Magical kid. sprite. Yeah. Yes, be a sprite. Exactly. Be a sprite. Uh, but I, I did have to uh, point out that uh, one, one of the henchmen's name was Murky. And I, but not so moiky. Yeah, every time they said it, that's an in-joke from uh, our, our other podcast, Legends of Gotham. Legends of Gotham. Uh, murky, but not too murky. So I, I just thought that was really funny. But one thing about those henchmen that kind of struck me as odd is, you know, this evil one, he seems like supremely powerful. You know, uh, Twink says that he drops mountains on people right. and, you know, he makes it rain and all that kind of stuff. Not like a rapper or something. <laughs> Make it rain! <laughs> Making it rain! Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, but, but why does he need these two bumbling idiots to help protect the spear? Why can't he just transport it to another place? That's who we got. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, who he's got. <laughs> but uh, I, I also kind of wonder, since the evil one's presentation is kind of similar, if he's related to the gold voice lady from the beginning of the episode, the one who brought uh, Probably. Whisper Rainbow Bright there. Yeah, she's, she's the called good... Whisper this episode right she was the good mm-hmm. and this guy is the evil like he was probably just another sort of wisp type person mm-hmm. or thing that made a left when he should have made a right yeah I, I i don't know i kind of uh imagined almost like a power rangers-esque mythology where we're with like uh with rita and uh-huh. zordon where they had been fighting for millennia across space yeah, and time yeah, yeah, and all like that. yeah something like that yeah i could see that but uh, okay uh, you have- um the, again, I kind of brought this up earlier. The strategically placed baby. <laughs> I was like, "Who is this baby, and where did you come from?" Random baby who because they well, found the, it in the water, didn't they? Um, no, it was like the water, and then it was like up on a rock, hmm. and that's that's what made just as Rainbow's like, Bright's like, "I'm done. Take me home. I quit. <laughs> I give up. I can't do it." Oh, look, a baby. <laughs> so that was a little evil one. Take me away. No, no, no. I was Cal referencing Gun. a real yes, Calgon. Take me away. Dating ourselves further. Ah, oh, the dating ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I guess it's time to ask, does this pass the wonder test? Did this make you feel like it did when you watched it back when you liked it? If we'd have started at episode four, I think I'd have really liked it. But yes, mm-hmm. I, th- I would watch the next one to see what happens. Uh-huh. Because like I said, we got the resolution in the last 30 seconds of the episode. <laughs> They're like, oh, look, we found yeah. it. Ta-da! And uh, as for me, I definitely too. I, I would definitely watch more of this. And it, it, and it I, I remember watching Rainbow Bright when I was younger, but I don't remember it very clearly. Mm. Clearly, not as clearly as <laughs> you. Clearly, clearly. Uh, but I love the dystopian setting and all the all of the character designs. I thought were really good, especially the monsters. If anything, it suffers from being written for short attention spans. So you just have like two minute scenes where mm. biggest danger ever, and then biggest danger ever, and you know, kind of just cram too much emergency after emergency after right. emergency. Uh, so, I mean, I, I couldn't give it like 100% confidence, but I, I think it, you'd like it. I'd give it like an 80%. I, I'd finish watching the the, the beginning of Rainbow Land trili- or, or trilogy. Oh, it's a or trilogy? I'm, oh, well, I'm not sure. Oh. I'm not sure. TBD. I'm not going to look it up right now. We're not going to look it up. Okay. Well, let's see. Next up is a series that I, I remember, and this is a, a series. I've never heard of. <laughs> actually, the episode we watched tonight, uh, which is the pilot episode, is I remember watching a couple days after my first memory I have, which is my third birthday party uh but it's uh, called galaxy high and the pilot episode is called welcome to galaxy high amory why don't you tell us a little bit about it even though i thought about just using the theme Sorry. song because they have a rhyming yeah. theme song that describes the entire plot of the show 
like they always used to do back in the 80s. But I wrote my own rhyme. I like this rhyme better. Oh. The other one dragged a little. Thank you. But well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I tend to write better uh, ben, better rhymes than 80s theme song writers. One would like hope. Like Alan Thicke. One would, <laughs> one would hope. Okay. <clears throat> a jock dude and a geek girl are sent across space to a very mundane yet fantastical place. Doyle and Amy land at a high school in space where Amy's the queen while Doyle's outpaced. Earthlings are hated and we aren't quite told why. Weird things are afoot in Welcome to Galaxy High. Welcome to Galaxy High. First of all, well, I, I really enjoy that uh, both of our, sh- our picks this week for the Wonder Box are s- such, they're galactically themed. You know, Rainbow yeah. Bright is all like space and time and rainbows and mm-hmm. then Galaxy High, obviously, set in space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, Amory, what did you think of Welcome to Galaxy High? I mean, I'm not going to sit down and watch it, but <laughs> I could totally see the kids sitting down and watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nonplussed. Nonplussed. Yeah. I'm not very excited about it. I actually, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I, you're like giddy. I, kind of I'm scary. seriously, I think I'm going to finish watching the entire series now just because I liked it so much. Wow. Uh, but one of the reasons I liked it so much is because there were just all these out there crazy sci-fi concepts in it. Uh, straight out of, they reminded me of Silver Age DC Comics almost with how, how just fantastical they were. And a lot of them were it, it, really funny in a smart way. Uh, there was a lot of smart humor in this show in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my favorite concepts uh, was uh, they had the tubes for getting around, like basically like I love the tubes. pneumatic tubes that they traveled mm-hmm. around and everything to go from classroom to classroom and all that, that stuff. That was my first thing. That tube looks fun. <laughs> I want a locker mm-hmm. like that. That's my thing. And I also wonder how many injuries those caused, though. <laughs> but it, it, and that, that was actually the first moment I had. I had many, many of these moments during this episode where it was just like I hadn't thought about that scene in years, but the second it happened, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember. I can remember sitting on my bed being like two feet tall watching this, <laughs> particularly the uh, ice cream joke, joke where the mm-hmm. teacher's like, uh, how do you make ice cream? And then she said, squeeze it, and she squeezes an ice cube, and it goes, ah! <laughs> kind of a lame joke. But uh, other con- concepts I liked uh, was uh, Jim the Jim, mm-hmm. uh, which was fun. It kind of reminded me of a character from, I believe, the Doom Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol co- named Danny the Street, who's mm-hmm. a senti- sentient street who appears randomly around the world, or Mogo the, the planet-sized Green Lantern. And basically, Jim the Jim yeah. is a, a gym that's alive and can you know walk around so you can go and do your gym thing. That's weird. And they also had uh, lockers that had each had their own unique personality. It reminded me a lot of the doors, if you remember from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, that that would uh, <laughs> be, be nice to you or misanthropic to you, depending mm-hmm. on what door you were walking through. And uh, it was a fun concept. I would have loved to have seen more lockers, though, because they only really had those two, like the super perky one that Amy got. I loved her. And then the really cranky one that Doyle got. I didn't like him. Uh, One thing about Doyle's locker, though, that I thought was kind of weird was that at the beginning when Doyle first gets the locker, the locker says, only books. You you can only keep your books in here. And then right at the end when Amy and Doyle are talking, like right in the last scene, Doyle tosses his jacket and a bunch of other stuff in there. I was almost like the locker's going to react and toss them back out since they made such a point to say that at the beginning of the episode but maybe i was just expecting too much from an 80s cartoon you may have been expecting too much because didn't at that point hadn't he just like won over he won that yeah he strange w- thing? He, so he might have mm, been accepted by playing football by, yeah. instead of 
Florg ball or whatever. I don't. I don't know what it was, but know. it was at a live th- ball. Mm-hmm. All I really caught. I kind of. I kind of zoned out a little bit yeah, on the sports part. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. This kind of bothered me. So there's students from all over the galaxy. They were like, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's from this planet, and he, she's from this planet." Da, 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 da. Why are they exchange students from Earth? I don't know. Instead it, of just regular students. There, there's definitely something going on with Earth's relationship with the rest of the galaxy in this episode because everybody hates the Earthlings. Yeah, everybody hates Earthlings. Anytime an Earthling comes up, they're like, yeah, those those stupid Earthlings. Those Earthlings. I won't teach an Earthling or I won't, or uh, the six-armed guy says Mm -hmm. that they could only find that grumpy locker because no one wanted to take an Earthling. Right. So I I kind of feel like that's something that would probably come into play in later episodes. I don't remember. I was three when I watched. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it also seems like there's not more, like there's only one of each type of monster, one or two of them. Yeah. So is it like an intergalactic boarding school? Because I, they don't, I, I, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a boarding school. Yeah. Well, it was weird too, because it seemed like Amy was there because she was awesome and Doyle was there because he was about to flunk out. Like, right. Which was weird. Very. It shouldn't, that, mm-hmm. that didn't make any sense to me. I don't know. Well, maybe it's a case where there's a lot of the same kind of aliens, but they use the, that machine that they had that to change her looks Man. and give her blue screen or skin and different hair and all that kind of stuff. Maybe everyone just does body mods. So well, it, maybe. everyone looks different. Hunger you know? Games. <laughs> Okay, uh, one another thing uh, from a geopolitical perspective at Galaxy High, I thought it was interesting that it was very much, and I obviously this is a high school, so this might not speak to the larger galaxy within this universe, but it was a very merit-based society. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the premise is a fun one. I, I really liked how. When you're introduced to the Amy and Doyle in the theme song, they're presented one way, and then they get to Galaxy High, and the, the roles kind of reverse. Uh, Amy and Doyle are both from Earth, where uh, alpha males like Doyle are afforded certain advantages in society, and mm-hmm. geeks like Amy are generally shunned. Uh, now, Galaxy High respects accomplishments over attractiveness, substance over style. Uh, Doyle doesn't get any acceptance until he accomplishes something. Uh, you know, at the end when he wins the game, that's right. when people start to be like, oh, okay, Doyle's okay. He does all right. And uh, Amy is automatically accepted due to her academic accomplishments, Correct. which I thought was interesting. I, I like saying that. <laughs> now, that being said, uh, her new social status kind of goes straight to her head. And it, by the end of the episode, Amy's acting pretty much like Doyle was acting to her at the beginning of the episode, which I'm sure is just to kind of this was probably a pilot. So that was just to be like, oh, and these two are going to be at, at each other's throats for the whole season. There's a lot of conflict there mm-hmm. and everything. But still, it was just kind of like I was a little disappointed in Amy. Me a little bit because I was like, no, she's gonna no, become she was... popular and she's gonna bring Doyle up with her and show oh, him I never what a good happen. person is. That's not what people do. That's not what people you do. Not in Galaxy High, anyway. No, not in Galaxy High. <laughs> okay, so Professor Frost, mm-hmm. he kind of, um, I feel like there was something up with him, mm-hmm. and I felt like his absent-mindedness was like intentional. Yeah. I feel like he's the bad guy. That was the doctor with like the neural transformative thing that turned Doyle yeah, back and from he the pile of French to, fries. Right. To, yeah. Also, pile of French fries guy. <laughs> what? Um, that mm. seemed really weird, but it just felt like mm. Professor Frost was like, he was up to something. I believe, in, incidentally, considering or speaking of Professor Frost, I believe either it was the same voice actor or someone doing an imitation of the person who did uh, Ludwig von Drake. Oh, from the Disney yes, cartoon. Yes, yes, yes. Freudskins. Yes. Yeah, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good one. But in, no, yeah, I could definitely see. And I, I also kind of thought that that machine, that matter transmuter yeah. uh, machine, would make a really good 
uh, I, plot device for the bad guy, whoever the bad, the bad guy, guy ends is. up being, right. getting, and then like maybe creating an army or something from all the students. That would be cool. Oh. But that's not changing the high. personality. It was just changing the physical form. That's true, too. That's true, too. I, I good, think. Good. These are good notes. I'll, I'll include them in my Galaxy High fan fiction, for <laughs> sure. Okay, so Anne-Marie, uh, does Galaxy High... Uh, pass the wonder test for you not for me but for other people sure Mm -hmm. i can like i can see the kid my kids watching it Mm -hmm. fair enough fair enough and if if you if you weren't aware um yeah obviously it's a yes from from me (laughs) you think uh for sure Uh, the show has a million and one fun concepts it has good humor and the themes explored uh through the basic concepts still speak to the world today Mm -hmm. uh you know merit uh versus you know style style versus substance all that kind of stuff I and I really really liked it, and I, I think yeah, I'm definitely really I, I think I'm definitely going to finish uh, keep watching it until I don't like it anymore for sure. Okay, so we made it through the Wonder Box. Woo! We're still alive. We're still alive. We're alive. Excellent. Okay, so uh, next up, I get you want to pull out okay. the memory okay, box. Okay, now I got to hold hold. I won't say the name of the box. Well, you already it's did. A surprise! It, you already did. The mum box. I said. Yeah, we'll have to glue some handles or something. What are you doing? I don't know, some twine or something. We'll figure it out. Yes. Oh, Ta-da. Oh wait, hold on. Let me... Give me my camera. Show the close-up. The, <gasps> the memory, memory box. box. That's as good as I could come up with for memories, guys. Sorry. I guess it should have been the bubbles instead of the arrow thing, but whatever. Possibly. Whatever! But, uh, but uh, this week for the memory box, uh, we went uh, over Christmas. We went uh, back to our home. Our home. Uh, up north in Going West Virginia. In and time. we decided, why, do we, why, why don't we bring our new listeners, since it's a new podcast, along with us? Over the holidays at the end of 2014, me and Anne-Marie traveled back to our home state of West Virginia to visit friends and family. I decided to use my smartphone camera to document the trip. Come with us as we head to the land John Denver sang about, back before they scraped the tops off all the mountains. It's a land of steel, sounds, and apparently heroin. Country roads? Take me home for Christmas. Hey guys, it's Bill Meeks. It's about 2.30 in the morning, and I'm about ready to head across the country here from my home and around, right around Atlanta, Georgia, all the way up north to uh, Wheeling and Weirton, West Virginia, where I spent most of my uh, high school and college years. This was a trip for me to get a chance to actually spend the holidays with my family. And uh, then we're going to visit some of my friends, too, which is kind of cool, right? After moving to Georgia four, almost four and a half years ago, I haven't had um, the greatest Christmases. They've been really tough because it's been just us. And with Bill not celebrating Christmas, it's just been me and the kids. And sometimes that can be a little bit rough. And we're going to head out at 4 a.m. and start our trek across the country uh, a few days before Christmas. We met in West Virginia, but we couldn't stay there. The steel industry left in the 90s, and the area had a hard time recovering economically. The median income is only $40,000 per year, and 18% of the people live below the poverty line. The area has been flooded with drugs, mainly heroin, in recent years. In fact, when we were there, they had just completed Operation Grinch, where they busted tons and tons of people who had outstanding drug warrants. So we couldn't stay in West Virginia. But the area looked pretty similar to how we remembered it. Some old buildings were gone, but it was the same West Virginia we left a decade ago in a lot of ways. 
So another great thing that we did um, is we took the kids to our old school, West Liberty, uh, where we met, where we went to school for four years, where we did shows, where we drank excessively. It's really, really weird. I'm here with my kids, which uh, not going to tell them too many stories or anything. Yeah, they're which I never uh, thought that I would ever have kids when I went to college, let alone come here with them. Um, you know, over here is where uh, the radio station was, the theaters down there. It's so nuts. Like, I used to play guitar over here, and I used to talk to people and smoke cigarettes over there. And, yeah, I used to smoke cigarettes. And, you know, it was closed. It was Christmas Eve Eve. It was late. Well, it was five, but they had closed it for. It was dark. It was rainy. The only thing I really regret is not being able to find the Kai Omega building or house because they have a house now. Uh, we weren't allowed to have houses when... I was there because then it would have been considered a brothel. Okay, so Christmas, Christmas was good. It was different. It was very, very different. Christmas Eve was everything I wanted it to be. Christmas Eve was spending the entire day at my Aunt Deb's, helping her cook, letting Liza help her cook, which she loved. Um, but then we got to spend the whole night with our family, hang out with the cousins and just get to catch up with everybody and play games and eat food and drink drinks and just to enjoy each other and then um opening presents with everybody oh and the highlight of christmas eve was probably my dad and his girlfriend in their costumes my dad was dressed up as santa his girlfriend was the elf hilarious then christmas morning my kids got to open their presents with their papa hey what's up uh morning of december 25th here in weirton west virginia See West Virginia type houses behind me there. I don't celebrate Christmas, so this morning was just kind of weird because everyone was opening presents, doing the tree thing, doing the Christmas cookies thing, and I can't do the Christmas cookies thing because last week I went to the doctor and he told me I had to completely change my diet or I'd be dead in a few years. My kids got to open their presents with their pawpaw um, under a mini tree that my cousin had set up in her son's room that we were staying in, which was nice because my kids really... Um, liked having the presents right there. Um, and it was nice to not have to have, you know, why did this Santa, or why did they get this? And they, and we got this because isn't Santa, da, 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 because, you know, everybody has their different shopping styles. But yeah, really weird. I felt kind of like a ghost in the house. Like, I feel like no one knows what to say to me, but oh, well, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. It's been great getting to see her family. Although I never realized how much they talk about food. They talk a lot about food. Um, anytime I like walk into a conversation, it's about like, well, they're Italian, so it's like about you know making some wedding soup or Christmas cookies, or they're talking about different foods they've tried this year that they've liked. Really hard with the new diet. I don't know. I've had better times on a diet than on my current one, but it's okay too. I have to eat fruits, vegetables, seeds, nuts, and a little bit of fish. But oh, Christmas was great. Um, I'd have liked a little more time with my dad and my brother, um, but that's just because I'm greedy and I want more time with my dad and my brother because I miss them. We went driving around for a little bit, just, you know, you feel bad when you're in somebody else's house for too long, so we wanted to drive around and um, see a bit more of the area. We ended up at the Brook Hills Playhouse in Brook Hills Park, where I spent one of the most exciting summers of my life back when I was 22 or 23. I decided to take the camera and go exploring lived out here in a blue trailer uh, that was uh, behind this barn that isn't there anymore. Uh, they tore it out. And uh, yeah, back here, this is a big old barn. It's also a, a theater. 
I think I, if I remember correctly, 90 seats, and they have like a had like a homemade uh, lighting uh, booth in the back. Uh, yeah, and uh, w- the first week we were out here, we had to like get all the dead raccoons and leaves and everything cleaned out from these side slats that are kind of like windows. And we almost died because it got down to like 40 degrees because we were kind of in the throes of like getting um, into spring and everything. Yeah, and here's the backstage area where. You know, for the high school shows, there'd be 30 high school kids standing out here waiting to go on. And right back there, behind this black one right here, that door there, that's actually our shower. The shower we had to use. And it was always fun uh, when we'd be busy trying to get everything done before the show that night. And then I'd be showering as they were letting people in for the show at 8 o'clock. So, like, you'd be in the shower and you'd hear boom, boom, boom on 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 this uh, platform as people were heading up to the show. Probably also one of the wildest, absolutely wildest uh, summers I've ever had. I went skinny, skinny dipping in the pool. We burned a, we burned a picnic table right over there, right, right over there. We burned a picnic table. Don't tell anybody. I bet you I built some of these flats back in the day, and I, I wish I could get inside. But there's no one here. It's Christmas Day, so I mean, another fun memory to revisit for sure. So the day after Christmas, we headed up to Pittsburgh from West Virginia, and we're trying to think of something fun to do with the kids. So we decided to take them to the Pittsburgh Children's Museum, which was amazing. It was absolutely perfect. Couldn't have beat it. They had so much fun running around and painting and building and learning. Probably the best part was the make shop. The kids got to do a couple of different activities, one of them which was to make a sculpture out of recycled materials. There was tape and glue and hot glue guns and pencils and markers and ribbon and so many different um, recyclable materials. There was blocks, there was um, coffee canisters, there was tissue boxes, there was all sorts of things and they could do whatever they wanted. I really think that might have been one of the highlights of that trip for me because it was great to get to do stuff like that with them and They're the perfect age. They're the perfect, perfect age to enjoy something like that. And I think they appreciated it. Next, it was time to head to my old stomping grounds of Wheeling, West Virginia. We wanted to have a great time, which involved ditching the kids. So we're heading down to Wheeling, West Virginia for one magical night where I'm going to see anybody I would ever care to see in Wheeling, West Virginia. A little nervous. I think it's going to be fun, though. We're going to go to River City and uh, meet up with my oldest friend, Alicia, and see uh, Brett Kane play a set or so. And uh, then we're going to go hang out with some old theater friends that we haven't seen since uh, before me and my wife uh, started dating. Friends of both of ours. Me and Bill have never really gone out in Wheeling more than, like, two or three times when we first started dating together. We're hoping no drama because there's a lot of, we were talking about it just a minute ago, there's a lot of potential for drama in this town. Cause for both of us. We both, I went to high school and college there and Amory went to college there, so there's like crazy amounts of uh, potential. But I think it's going to be good. We'll have a few drinks, have a bite to eat, see some old friends, and uh, getting like three fist fights. I was about to say, the next vlog will be uh, one of us with a black guy going, yeah. well, that didn't go as It's before. 3 o'clock in the morning. It's 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm dead. It was a pretty amazing experience. It felt great to hang out with our old college friends as grown-ups. We even played a fun game that I slurred my way through, which you can see here. Question, quiz, uh, Hubert, Quagmire, (laughs) um, (laughs) 
Uh, quote. That's five. All right. I really wasn't paying attention. I'm assuming everything was legit there. Um, so we sat around playing board games and catching up and being silly and the frown was Santa Claus. So that was interesting. Um, <laughs> I miss those guys. I miss that group of friends. So the whole trip to Wheeling last night was really, really good. Got to see a lot of good friends uh, and it was really cool. It was just kind of all the old dynamics uh, with all of those friends fell right back into place. We had a great time. Fortunately, my wife got sick on the way back, but it's okay. Uh, she napped most of this afternoon. Now I'm out taking a walk in the woods of Pennsylvania here. I used to do this a lot when I was a teenager because, like, my mom wouldn't let me roll around the neighborhood a whole lot, but she would let me go back behind the house into the woods. So I would just, like, go back sometimes, like, a mile or two and, like, find old abandoned houses and just hike around and stuff. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, kind of fun. A very relaxing day. We have a, a party to go to tomorrow, and then we're heading back home. Uh, but it's been a good trip. During the long drive, we reflected on the trip. We discussed the amazing and the awkward. In the end, our trip back to West Virginia was fantastic. We saw tons of old faces, hugged old friends, commiserated with family members. That old song says that being home for Christmas is pretty important. And it is. But home is where you make it. And in the end, our mini vacation showed us that with or without our loved ones in the North, when we're with each other. And the kids. We're, we're home, home no, matter no matter where, where we, go. we go. And we're back. And we're back. Uh, I, I hope you guys enjoyed our trip yes, to West Virginia. Our trip to West Virginia. Yeah, it, it feels really weird, honestly, because uh, with the fan cast, we generally don't talk about being, being married. married or having kids or anything right. together too much. So it's kind of weird to put it out there. But the so thing it's is, out there. Hi, we're married. The thing is, as we'll see <laughs> see here in a little bit when we get to the mailbox, so you guys really put yourselves out there too. So, right. So we, you know, yeah. return in kind, right? Exactly. Okay. So what's our next box, Anne-Marie? Oh, let's find out. I like to think they're easier to open the smaller. Cosmic box. Universe box. It's the... Idea box, and he still forgets my camera. Idea box. Yay! Yes, the idea oh, box. The <laughs> but uh, the idea box yeah. is where you, the listeners, uh, submit ideas, topics of conversation for us to talk about. I Now, uh, several people submitted ones that were home theme this week because, you know, that's our theme this week, which is nice. But if you want to submit your own, you can go, and we'll have a better URL for this shortly. <laughs> but it's bit.ly slash UB idea box. U, B as in Bill, idea box. <laughs> And uh, you can just Bill. yeah, just put in any topic there, questions, anything like that, and we'll use it to source conversations here. Okay, Anne Marie, uh, what's the uh, first question? What was your first experience of being away from home? How did it make you feel? How, first experience being away from home. Uh, do you want to go first, or should mm, I? Let me let you go. Okay. Um, I guess it was probably when I was eight or nine years old. I uh, I was living in Texas, and uh, we we uh saved up like all summer or whatever uh, to go to church camp because uh, we went to a tri-county baptist church in katy texas and they uh teamed with a couple of other baptist churches in the area to uh fund a big church camp a little south in the state and uh, so that was my first time leaving and going away and i, I remember having a pretty positive experience because uh, well a lot of my friends from church were there for one so it it was easy to make friends when you already had friends sort of thing and uh it, they, they the uh, it was 
also one of the first times that adults that I didn't know kind of took a liking to me. Because when I was a kid, I, I mainly talked with adults because a lot of kids didn't really care about the stuff I wanted to talk about. Uh, but I remember uh, there was a really nice counselor there who really pushed me into playing sports with everyone, like playing, uh, uh, like what was it, softball and everything. And he also... Uh, always complimented me because he was like, you always have a smile. No matter what's going on, even if you're exhausted or upset, you still have a smile on, and that's really cool. And I wish I'd been able to keep that up over the <laughs> next few decades. I was going to say, it's kind of Liam. Yeah. Okay, uh, so what's uh, your first experience being away from home? Um, The first experience that I can really think of that leaves home mm-hmm. um, was my freshman year of high school where we moved. Um, That was the first time leaving mm-hmm. Weirton. And we moved to Indiana, and it was literally the worst six months of my life. Mm. It was absolutely awful. I was lived online as much as you could with dial-up and yeah. ICQ. <laughs> I wanted nothing. Star to- seven zero, so you don't uh, have the call waiting. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even have call waiting. Um, <laughs> we. I went to this school that was three times the size of We're High, mm. um, so it was like. My freshman class was the size of my old high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't adjust. And by the time I actually started to finally adjust, you know, like the last like three weeks, mm-hmm. we found out we were moving again. Mm. And then I spent the summer, it was sort of a year long thing. Yeah. Um, living at my grandparents' house because mm-hmm. they were like, just, just leave her here while <laughs> you do all this. And as soon as, um, like I went up to Cleveland for the week to get my room set up. In the new house, got my mom dropped me back off in Pittsburgh and was like, all right, I'm not going to see you for at least two weeks. Oh, wow. And she was back that night because that was when my parents split up for a couple years. Mm. So my freshman to sophomore year of high school was very... <laughs> and that's kind of the first time it was really leaving home. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What I felt was home, mm-hmm. even though we were together, yeah. that six months, it was just awful. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's turn it around then. Uh, when was the first time you remember experiencing the feeling of coming home, of like a homecoming? I didn't read ahead. Sorry. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm supposed to. Um, first time coming home? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I'm I don't know. Well, what would would be for you? I really don't even know mm -hmm. what. Like, I can think of a couple of different things that would be coming home, but I don't know if they're necessarily the first time I would have done that. Well, as for me, um, right after uh, because we went to college together and stuff, right after we left that, we both left that college the same semester uh, independently. It was weird, and then we hooked back up later. Uh, But two years, two years or so. But uh, after I left there, I moved to Philadelphia for a while, and then I moved out to LA. And I had been gone for from Wheeling. Uh, specifically for a while and for my family and stuff like that. And I remember, I, I believe that there was some sort of like weird thing where like I was borrowing money from my mom and my aunt and someone else to get a plane ticket to come back for Christmas, which also happened to be the last Christmas I celebrated. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, so I flew back, I, I flew back uh, from LA to Wheeling uh, for about two and a half weeks. And uh, it, it was great. It, it was fun. Everyone was like, 
Billy's so cool because he lives in L.A., blah, blah, blah. Everything is cool. And then, like, in spare moments, my mom would try and guilt trip me into moving back or whatever. And so then I flew back, and a couple weeks later, uh, they tricked me into moving back. But <laughs> I'm glad they did. Oh, yeah, because we would have never met, right? Well, re-met. We'd, we'd still yeah, be talking re- on yeah, MySpace. We'd still be yeah. talking on MySpace. <laughs> on my- no, we wouldn't. Nobody's talking Nobody's on MySpace Nobody's talking anymore. on MySpace anymore. Okay, did, did you come up with um, one? Or? One time, okay, I don't know if this is the first time, but this was kind of an experience of coming home. Um, was this? I think it was the summer after my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best friend was getting married. My best friend from high school was getting married, mm-hmm. and I drove from Wheeling out to Lancaster to my aunt and uncle's house, and that sort of felt like home, which is weird because they had moved houses since we had lived out there. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I not for some reason, like I had switched attach like home attachments from Weirton to Lancaster because I'd been there for three years of high school. That's it's a pretty big, important time in your life. And mm-hmm. I, my aunt was very much home to <laughs> me, which is really awkward now because she's not my aunt anymore. Uh. Um <laughs> so it happens. Anyway, um <laughs> kind of. I shall always be my aunt. Okay. Anyway, uh, anyway. So it- that <laughs> Okay, let's see here. Uh, Last question is, uh, when moving into a new house, at what point does it actually feel like home to you? Uh, Now, I I have an answer. Go ahead. Honestly, especially because in my 20s, I was very transient. Like, I I crashed on couches all the time. And, you know, I never. sometimes I didn't know where I was sleeping that night sort of thing. Like, generally, it takes about three days of me sleeping somewhere for it to feel like home to me. (laughs) And and I can I can make, kind of flip the switch. Then you should have been good over um, vacation. See, we never stayed anywhere three days though. Yeah, we did. I guess your grandparents. We were at Elisa's house for three days. Were we? Eh, guess not. Well, I took a couple walks, so it wasn't quite three days. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, how about you? Uh, when moving into a new house, at what point does it actually feel like home? Once my stuff's everywhere. Once your stuff. Once my stuff is. Once there's just once, a big once old there's, mess. There's, <laughs> shh. Um, no, once I get some stuff up on the walls, once I feel chill on the couch, mm-hmm. once I can relax, yeah. once, the, once I finally relax, mm-hmm. like that, that's when it's, that's when it's home. Excellent. Okay. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to submit some ideas for, uh, for the next idea box or any idea Which box. the next idea box? I mean, we kind of have to give them the theme. We'll, we'll talk we about that, that in just one yet. second. Let's go on. <laughs> no, but I just uh, go to bit.ly slash UB idea box and just type in whatever. It can be ham and we'll talk about ham for I don't want to talk about ham. <laughs> okay. So what's up in the next box? Henry? Okay. Let's, let's find out. Let's open the box. Give me my camera. Hey, hold on. Let me uh, do, do Bobby Hawk. What's in the box? <laughs> Not just him now. <laughs> They're all doing it. Yes, I, I believe, and I believe it's a seven reference. It is the mailbox. Mailbox. Mail. Now, a mailbox is where we uh, take letters uh, from you, letters, voicemails, anything you want to send us mm-hmm. along the theme of the episode. And mm-hmm. this week's episode is home. home, so we have a bunch of uh, responses having to do with home. home. Okay. Uh, now, if you want to email us uh, for next week, which I'll, I'll go ahead and run through uh, the next four episodes we're going to do real quick, just so you can send these in whenever, uh, you know, for the next four episodes. Or you can send in something unrelated. If you just have a story you think would be neat, uh, you can send mm-hmm. that in, too. We'll take it. Uh, next week is Retro Tech, and we record on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. EST at mm-hmm. youtube.universebox.com. So if you, if you want to come watch us record. So next week's Retro Tech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the week after that is... Oh, don't 
We do, we do actually. Uh, next week, for, yeah, for RetroTech, uh, my my friend, uh, Father Robert Balliser, uh, the digital Jesuit, is going <laughs> to come on. The digital Jesuit. The digital Je- Jesuit is going to come on and talk uh, with us about RetroTech. And then the week after that is Cookies. Yes! I'm so glad that theme. people actually let me do cookies. <laughs> and then uh, the week after that is Vacation, uh, which I believe uh, our buddy Steve is going to be on yes. to talk about his trip to Ireland. And then the week after that is Fear. Oh, I didn't know we got that far. Yeah, so RetroTech, Cookies, Vacation, or Fear. You can send in letters, call in with voicemails, all that. You can email universeboxshow at gmail.com. The Twitter's at universe underscore box. Uh, the Facebook is facebook.com slash the universe box. They're all different. It yeah, bothers me. Which is rough, but... Sorry. We, at least we got universebox.com. Yeesh. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And as on our other podcast, we always start off with a voicemail from Bobby. So take <laughs> it away, Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory, it's Bobby. So, thoughts on home. Any place could be considered a home, really. I mean, you know, mine, of course, first wanders to a house. But, I mean, apartment, condo, RV, trailer, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you call home is home. Even a broom closet. See, when I'm, I'm not originally from Florida. I was from New York. And when I was about three, my mom and dad decided they wanted to uh, move to California. Pretty determined, actually. So we loaded all of our belongings into a uh, station wagon, old beat-up station wagon, and decided to haul it to California. About somewhere in Indiana, my mom, uh, it was raining pretty hard, and my mom lost control of the steering wheel, and we ended up going end over end down and over, hitting the head with a mayonnaise jar. Um, (laughs) came and kicked the windows in and pulled us out, and, um... As we were pulled up to the overpass, the car went up in flames, as did all of our belongings inside the car. Again, as luck would have it, a pass, a nearby pastor took us in for about a month and uh, let us get our bearings, gave us a little bit of cash to make the rest of our journey. And uh, even though all of our belongings had perished and we had nothing to our names, we were still determined to uh, make it to California. So we made it to California, but when we made it there, there was uh, nothing left. We had no money, no anything, and so uh, in times were hard, and we ended up having to do what we had to do and started spare changing to get um, hotel rooms and whatnot to sleep in for the night. Times were hard, and uh, difficult choices were made, mostly by my mom and my dad, of course. I, like I said, I was like three. So from the time I was three until about the time, <clears throat> sorry, until about the time I was seven, um, that was our life. We would spare change um, to try to get a hotel room. Some nights it would be a, d- a decent hotel room. Sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes it would be for stretches. We'd run into decent money, and we it would it would be great. We'd have a decent hotel room for like two or three weeks, and it would seem like an eternity. But then maybe the next night she wouldn't get enough money. Maybe we'd have kept the key to get into the lobby of the hotel and slept in a janitor's supply closet overnight. But wherever it was, she always made sure we were cared for and fed. My mom and dad ended up uh, splitting up during that time period. And my mom found another boyfriend. Um, Same situation that we were in. Um, Eventually... Um, 
my mom was on welfare again, trying to help us stay fed and whatnot. And eventually they had told her that if something didn't change, that they were about to take her kids away from her until things did change. And that was the one thing my mom couldn't let happen. Um, so her new boyfriend had had family here in Florida. And so within the next few days, she had borrowed every bit of money she could to uh, catch a greyhound to come here to Florida and be with her uh, boyfriend's family. We stayed with them probably for another two or three years. They helped us get back on our feet. And uh, my, my dad actually hitchhiked across country from uh, California to New York when he had heard that mom brought us over here on a greyhound and he couldn't afford the greyhound. We were all determined to be together. Um, and here we are now, 30 years later, you know, just a memory to speak of. I don't really think of it all that often, but for some reason, that was the memory I decided to share when uh, you asked for a story of home. Because no matter where we went, whether it be a nice, fancy hotel or a broom closet, just being next to my mom, I knew I was home. Thank you very much, I'm trying Bobby. not to cry. It's yeah. the second time I listened to it. Mm. Yep. <laughs> a very powerful story, Bobby. Thank you so much, Thank man. Thank you for sharing with us. We really appreciate it. Really appreciate that. They, yep. <laughs> I, really, I guess, wow, nothing else to say, but just, <laughs> well, yeah. heart-wrenching. But ultimately, you know, I think it comes to a good end. Yeah. We got a good Bobby out of it. We so. got a good Bobby out of it. We got I our buddy Bobby. Okay. Mayonnaise jar, no. <laughs> oh, mayonnaise jar. Okay. Next um, is from our friend Wynn. Um, she's been with us for a couple years with our other podcasts, bouncing on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, so here is one of her memories of home. Um, so it's the first day of kindergarten, and according to the requirements sent out to parents in the summer, students were to memorize their home address so that they could recite it back to the teacher. My turn comes, and I bravely and proudly say my address to the front of the class. The teacher immediately tells me it's wrong because it doesn't match what's on her sheet. Mm-hmm. I don't back down. Awkwardness ensues. Teacher calls home after school to complain about me and engages in the same argument with my mom. The school then blames her erroneous list on the county. The county blames the error on the U.S. Census. (laughs) Funny that the seeds to my minimal government political leanings were sown from an exercise meant to instill conformity and obedience. Home is where I say it is, losers. <laughs> very nice. Thank you, Wynn. Nice. And yeah, I, 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 I'm always very supportive of kids who challenge teachers, yes. probably because I'm not a teacher. <laughs> yes. And our kids haven't challenged the teachers yet. Uh, now, let's see here. Uh, Michael Lucero, who's, uh, again, one of our listeners from the other podcast, uh, went ahead and submitted uh, the end of a chap- chapter seven of his serial novella. Uh, and the chapter's title is Home in This World. And he thought it, w- it would fit in with the home theme and uh, asked for, for us to read it, which I will right now. Uh, Stee had come back to the low country after living in Pittsburgh for five years. She had come because her mother had cancer, even though she'd sworn she'd never return to the South again. The house seemed as if it lo- if the house seemed as if it had lost a limb when her mother died. Then even more when her father followed his wife of fifty years uh, soon after. It was a sorry place to live, sad and old, a shack compared to the new development sprout- sprouting up around it. They hadn't been here when C had left, but she wasn't surprised. The land her family had once owned had been sold off bit by bit, and now rich people lived where she had once played. C had one. Oh, sorry. C had once hated this place. This house on Sea Cloud Way, so near the plantation her people once worked. 
Their blood, sweat, and tears were literally in its soil, along with that of sharecroppers and overseers. Her eyes then had only seen the cruelty of the past. But once in Pennsylvania, she'd begun to miss home. She tried to shake it off, but it had clung still, a cobweb caught in her hair. When she finally came back, before her parents died, it had felt a bit like her lungs opening up after years of holding her breath. Sure, it was harder on the sea islands than here, with the land values being jacked up, but they were jacked up anywhere you go now. She felt the marsh and the river wander through her mind, thought of the willow and its beauty in the midst of decay. She was home now, at last. Her resentment of the place hadn't died, but it was worn away by time and water and the soul of the place itself, worn down to a dull ache in her heart, the grain of sand in a pearl. She was home again, and home in this world meant taking the bad with the good, being reconciled to it. Thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, Michael. And, uh, he did not include um, a, the the link to his serial novella. I know he's been publishing it on his website, uh-huh. but uh, if you follow him on Twitter at M Henry Lucero, I believe uh, mm-hmm. you, you should be able to find a link there. Thank you again so much, Michael. Thank you. And uh, Emery, you want to finish up with Corbin okay. here? This one's from our buddy Corbin. Good old okay. Corbin. When I think of home, I think of my writing. My physical home has never been a very good place, as it is constantly filled with stress and turmoil. I've witnessed and experienced physical and verbal abuse at the hands of my father, have to go in and out of court because of that, and have had to take on tenfold the amount of responsibilities that a normal 16-year-old boy would. However, the relief that I've experienced comes from my writing, talking to my characters, finding out what they like and don't like, finding out what makes them tick and what makes them smile, putting them in odd and wondrous situations. That's what helped me and still helps me through these difficult times. Because I know that no matter what gets taken, done, or added to me, nothing can destroy my writing. That's where my home lies. And here, I'll interrupt you here. Uh, just, uh, Corbin, thank you so much for sharing sharing this with us. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, ju- I, I thought I, I should mention that, you know, I, I grew up in sort of an emotionally and physically abusive home, too. And, and I, I can completely empathize with you here. Like, a, a lot of creative stuff. Like, I did a lot of, uh, I, I made computer games when I was a teenager to kind of get away from it. I read a lot of books, a lot of comic books. Did, did a lot of uh, really bad teenage poetry writing oh. to, to kind of try and, uh, you know, distract myself from those emotions and kind of deal with them in a more positive way and uh we feel for you buddy and you know i i hope I, ho- I hope things continue to get better because corbin you know i interact with him on twitter all the time and he's one smart cookie he, yeah. he's going places he's motivated and he's smart and i i i, I just love interacting with him he's what he's one of my favorite mm-hmm. listeners for sure uh, but he had a couple more things about a saturday morning cartoon yeah. so. um, oh and a saturday morning cartoon that i have recently come to love though it stopped airing on Saturdays after its first season and went through difficult times of its own is The Legend of Korra, a sequel to my all-time favorite show, Avatar The Last Airbender. It tells the story of the new Avatar after Avatar Ang Korra. I recommend it to newbies and super fans alike. Congratulations <laughs> on your new project, guys. Longtime fan, Corbin. Yeah, thank, thank you, you, Corbin. I think the kids have watched that before. Have they? I feel like I've seen it. Well, I know I, a lot of my friends like Avatar and Legends of Korra, and they, they always try and get me into it. Like, I, I need to sit down and really give it a shot one time. I, I just – I have, like, this block for anime. For some reason, I just, like, can't pay attention to it. And it's a fault of my own. Because uh, I think anime got popular about a year before I really got into what was popular. So I, I might have missed out. And I did watch, like, Pokemon and the old uh, – 
the old Saban Little Mermaid and stuff like that. (laughs) But uh, thank you, uh, everybody, for all the great, great uh, feedback on the theme of home. It's been awesome. As I mentioned, uh, next week's theme is retro tech. So if you want to send in, say, your first time using a computer or your first time using uh, the internet or something, a story about that, we'd love to have it. Uh, Well, hold on. Emails okay. at universeboxshow at gmail.com. Uh, the Twitter's at universe underscore box. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Uh, you can also, to that email address, you can send in MP3s or waves if you want to give us a little higher quality. Uh, I guess, okay, let's, uh, let's the see. The tower here. of boxes has just fallen <laughs> behind me. That's fine. Just don't roll over them. And uh, I guess we should uh, wrap up uh, the theme of home this week with a couple of take- takeaways here. I-, I have a few things I wanted to say here. Uh, one, I-, I think we've learned that home is where you make it. You define mm-hmm. your home. And home is also family, but family can be whoever you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Home is the place where you feel most like yourself or like the truest version of yourself. And finally, home is a warm blanket and comfy pants. Absolutely. Home. Where's my comfy pants? Soon. <laughs> okay, so what's in the next uh, box for next weekend? We right? already... Okay. Here's, can I have my camera? Oh, I guess. Give me okay. my camera. I'm what's so needy now that he gave me a camera. So what's in the box? What's in the box? Let's see. Yeah, and I guess this isn't quite as big of a reveal. No, that's no. why I was like, what are you doing? We'll know better for next week. This is the first episode. Retro Tech. Retro Tech. That was next so week. not exciting because we've talked about it four times now. Next week, we're exploring we'll technology. Well, the nostalgic version of it anyway. We're diving deep into Retro Tech on next week's Universe Box. And uh, as I said, send in your computer memories. When was the first time you used the internet? How many floppy disks did you own? No matter how geeky the story, uh, we want to hear it. And my friend, uh, Father Rob. Robert Balliser, the digital Jesuit, is going to be on to talk about something. I'm not quite sure yet, but we'll figure that out over the weekend, I guess. Wow. So I guess that's about it. We made it through the the first first episode. Huzzah! Huzzah! Universe box. I'll give you your camera. Give me my camera. I just really was Mm blank. You didn't have to give the camera this time. That's fine. But uh, we will have this up as an audio podcast uh, sometime over the weekend uh, at universebox.com and on iTunes and everything. As I said, uh, we record these every Thursday Thursday night. 8.30 8.30 p.m. EST mm-hmm. at youtube.universebox.com. Now, Anne-Marie, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at amdsimone or at cchcblog um, because I do crunchycrafty.com. Lots of cooking, lots of gluing, <laughs> lots of glitter. Fair enough. And as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. And you can find the words I write, uh, the stories I write, actually, at dogboyadventures.com. And you can find the podcast at uh, universebox.com. And uh, and also, I guess we should mention our other podcast. We do a Gotham podcast yes. called Legends of Gotham mm-hmm. and a Once Upon a Time podcast called Greetings from Storybrooke. So you can check those out on iTunes. Or we didn't figure out how we're ending this. Just Google. Uh, yeah, I, we totally didn't figure just out. Just realized that. I think, I think what we should do is I think we should just climb in the box. I'm going to in. end this. Okay, let's end in. this. Bye! Bye! Going in the box! Do, Do not, not adjust, adjust your, your computer screen. If your mind were changing, stories set to a theme. Think outside. Universe box. Universe box.